about to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Glory to God. Are you ready this morning? All right, take your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 6. Praise the name of the Lord. Matthew chapter 6, are you there? Well, before I go there, let me say something else. There's a, there are people right now who are being lifted out to a new level. And the level is not really a promotion or anything else. It's a different kind of way of thinking and renewing the mind to a place to where people are getting more revelation and getting rid of some of their old revelation. Most of us were brought up in religion. A lot of us were brought up in things that just weren't in line with the Word of God. And those things are holding us back. But God is opening the eyes of the people right now. Revelation is coming to dismiss us from those things in our life that keep us from a personal relationship, not only with Jesus, but with the Father. Your intimate relationship with the Father is very, 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 very important. And in order to do that, it's not that God doesn't want the relationship or anything. It's that we've been put in a position to where we're so natural-minded, so sin-minded, so condemned-minded, so weak-minded, so all these things-minded, that it's hard to have a relationship with God. And we've been taught that God wants us to be that way, but God doesn't want us to be that way. If he did, he wouldn't have sent Jesus to the cross. He'd have just left us the way we were. But it's not that way, praise God. So God has done the work. How many know Jesus went to the cross? How many know he's not going to do it again? He already did it. So everything that we need right now is already provided. And people talk about revival. I love revival. People getting saved, healed. But revival in your own life has to take place. And revival means that one time man had to be vived. Is that right? You can't be revived if you were never vived. So man was vived. So at one time Adam was vived. He walked in the cool of the day with God. He had a relationship with God. They spoke. They talked. They talked natural. He didn't say, thou is thee as though is thee He didn't talk to him like somebody else. He just talked to him like they were on the same level. Are you following me? Well, we lost that vive when Adam failed, and now God is coming to revive, but he has to revive you in order for you to be used to revive others. Are you listening? In other words, we have to be transformed back to that place in our lives where Adam was in that relationship with God, where there's nothing standing between me and God. Now, if you've been married or you've got friends or something, you know if you get mad at one of your friends or mad at your wife, there's no relationship there anymore. How many of you know that? Don't act like you've never been mad at your spouse. Talk to me this morning. Yes, thank you. Praise God. I know you guys. You don't have, you don't have to respond. I'll deal with the other people out here. Praise God. Yeah, and at that time, there's separation. So what do we do? We decide to give the cold shoulder. Many of us are giving the cold shoulder to God, not knowing that we are, because of what we've been taught by somebody who didn't know anything but the cold shoulder of God. Are you listening this morning? 
So as it opens up to our minds and opens up to who we are and what we can do and what God has really done for us and what Jesus has provided for us, you're going to come to a new level of peace, a new level of joy, a new level of righteousness, a new level of living, a new level of power, a new level of identity, a new level of who you are, what he gave you, what you have, what belongs to you. And when you start going up to that level, you travel from faith to faith and one level of glory to another level of But you cannot stay in the same place. And be complacent thinking that you know it all when you don't know it all. And I, I'm almost sure here on the earth we'll never know it all. But we can know something. That doesn't mean thou shalt remain stupid just because you can't know it all. So praise God, God is moving on our minds, on our hearts. He's changing the way that we see him. Changing the way that he sees us. Changing the way we see others. And he's doing all that through the word of God. Say through the word of God. Now let me just say another thing. If the spirit of God is alive in your life you have an appetite for the Word of God. If you've got no appetite, then the Holy Spirit is not really alive and moving in your life anywhere, and you're not opening up to Him. Because He worked through the Word. That's His tool. That's what He uses in your life. That's what He uses to renew your mind and change your heart and change everything else through the Word of God. It's easy to say, change me, Lord, then walk out and do the same thing that you've done the last 20 years. That ain't going to work. If you really want change, the Holy Ghost is going to change some things that you're doing in your life. First of all, He's going to make the kingdom of God and God first choice. He's going to get you to seek first God and his kingdom, and everything else takes a second. And when we start walking in righteousness, say righteousness. Righteousness. Notice what righteousness does. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness. It is peace. It is in the Holy Ghost. Well, all right. If you're not walking in righteousness, you've got no peace, you've got no joy, and you don't even know who the Holy Ghost is. So righteousness is the key. Right standing with God, what he's done for us is the key. That's why here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, where I told you to go, that's a pretty good introduction, wasn't it, to lead right in there? Look at verse 33. Jesus says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now notice the key in this verse is his righteousness. Say his righteousness. For years in my life after I got born again, I pursued righteousness, but I pursued my righteousness. In other words, I went to church. What for? To be righteous. I prayed. What for? To be righteous. I did things. What for? Because I wanted to be right and righteous with God. I didn't know that God had a righteousness apart from my righteousness. And until I started reading the word, I found out that all my righteousness that I was doing wasn't working and never going to work. And it couldn't work. It was impossible to do. So we need to seek his righteousness. Say his righteousness. All right. Go to Romans chapter 8. All right, follow me along this morning. Romans chapter 8, are you there? Look at verse 37. Verse 37 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that, what? Loved us. Now, when I first got born again, I was going to a church, and when I went to that church, basically they were very strong in preaching to me that uh, my need for righteousness The weakness that was in my life, they preached to me my inability to please God on a daily basis. They preached to me the sins of the believer. They preached to me about the flesh. They told me how unworthy I was, what a failure I was, but God's holy and righteous and you're a worm. God's great. You're nobody. God's wonderful and he'll never talk to you because who you are. I got compared a lot of times with Peter when he denied Jesus. Ever heard sermons that, that compare you to Peter who denied Jesus? Don't do that. Compared to Job. 
Everybody preaches on Job. That's who we are, praise God. Just trying to make it through in Job. But notice, when you were born again, you weren't changed in the image and likeness of Peter. You weren't changed in the image and likeness of Job. You were changed in the image and likeness of Christ himself, praise God. So the church has been good at unworthiness, good at condemnation, good at sin consciousness, but we've never really preached what has been basically the truth of who you are the day you got born again and went into Christ Jesus. We don't preach that. We think we've got to get rid of sin. How many know you couldn't get rid of sin before you were saved, and you can't get rid of sin after you're saved? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Most of the songs that we used to sing was Save a Wretch Like Me. Oh, poor me. Oh, I wonder about me. All these songs. And it just built more and more of that sin consciousness in you. We prayed a prayer that ended every single time. Pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And we prayed, and we said, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. How many you know after a while you start to believe it? First of all, you believe you're a sinner. Then you're hoping somebody prays for you at the hour of your death, thinking they can pray you into some place they can't pray you into. Come on now. And all that stuff was built into us and put in there. And basically at that time, I was just told basically that we will have victory when we get to heaven. We're going to be overcomers when we get to heaven. You'll finally have peace when we get to heaven. No more failings when we get to heaven. There's nothing on this side but failure, misery, disappointment, weakness, guilt, sadness. But when you die and go to heaven, that'll be the greatest thing. So I got born again, and what did I do? I lived in misery, unworthiness, failure, waiting for that day when I would die and go to heaven. I had no idea what to do since then. So I'm saved at 30. If I live to be 90, what am I supposed to do for 60 years? Just sit around and wait to die? But notice what the Word of God says here. In verse 37, it says, Nay, in all these things we what? We are what? Say we are. Say it again, we are. Now, is this after we die and go to heaven? No. Is this at the second coming when Jesus comes back? Then we're more than conquerors? Is this where the new heavens and the new earth? Or is this right now that we are more than conquerors? All right, go to Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit of God. There is therefore when? Now. When? Now. now, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. How many of you are in Christ Jesus? If you're born again, you're in Christ Jesus, aren't you? But notice, when do you have no condemnation? When you die and go to heaven? When Jesus comes back? When you do enough penance to make up for all the sins that you did? Then you can claim it. No, no. Right now. Right now, the day you got born again, there was no condemnation, no guilt in your life anymore unless the devil and people talked you into having guilt and condemnation in your life. Then you're going to do works all the time to get rid of guilt and condemnation, which you couldn't do before and you can't do now. It's all by the Spirit of God and by the power of God. Praise God. So when you hear condemnation preached, it registers. Guilt, it registers. But when you hear the truth of who you are in Christ, it should start to register on the inside of us. Now, how many know it might have to chisel away? stupid thinking, unworthiness, guilt. Because that stuff was built into us years, years, years. That's the way we thought. That's the way we meditated. That's the way that we did things. But notice, now there's no condemnation. When? Now. now. So now there's no condemnation. So if the word of God's true, then number one, I'm more than a conqueror. When? Now. After I conquer. After I go to school, Bible school. No, you're more than a conqueror. Now. There's no condemnation for you, right? Right now, at this time, notice, people get saved, then we don't even distinguish the difference between saved, unsaved, and saint. 
That's fine. You're born again. Just act the way you did before. No, no, there's a separation. There's something that took place there. There's something that went by the wayside. And until we know that that belongs to us, and really, here it is, you don't really even need faith for this stuff. It's already yours. I don't have to have faith to get this Bible this morning. It belongs to me. No condemnation belongs to me. More than a conqueror belongs to me. That's who I am. I don't need faith in that. I just need to know it. And if I know it, then I'll start taking advantage of who I am in Christ Jesus. All right, go to Romans chapter 5. Thank you for keeping us in Romans, Pastor. That really made it easy for us this morning. You're welcome. Right, Romans chapter 5. All right, we've got to read 425 because it's to the same verse why they put chapter 5 there. I will never understand Verse 25, 425, talking about Jesus was delivered up for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Therefore, because of this, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I was already told that, that peace was coming. You're going to get some peace as soon as things changed in your life. You're going to get some peace when you died and went to heaven. But this says right now, basically, we have peace with who? Say, I have peace with God. Now, this isn't something you obtained. This is because you were justified by what he did on the cross. Now I have peace with God. So I need to approach God as someone who has peace with God. Not somebody who's a loser. Not somebody who's failing. Not somebody who's down and out. Not somebody who's got this low mentality coming from him. He wants to hear about sons and daughters who know who they are in the image and likeness of Christ, who aren't walking in condemnation, who know there's more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, and who basically, at this point, they basically have peace with God. Why do I have peace with God? Because I go to church every Sunday and every Wednesday night. Uh, why? Why? Because, because I give to the church. That's what I tithe for, peace with God. Whenever I give it, I have peace. And then if I don't give, I don't have peace. No, it's not based on you. It's based on what Jesus did. And he provided for us peace with God, with Almighty God. Isn't that something? I mean, I like having peace with people, but having it with God is pretty darn good. I'm telling you right now. That's a pretty good place to be. If me and God are together and on the same side, it makes my walk a lot easier than try to convince God to do things in my life that have already been given to me. Praise God. All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It's like sometimes you read this book and 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 you see it and you read this book and you see it and you read this book and you see it and basically just don't register. It don't make me understand. For years I kept trying to believe that I was more than a conqueror. I kept trying to believe that I had no condemnation. I kept trying to believe all this stuff, but why should I have to even believe something that already belongs to me? And I thought I didn't have enough faith to get it, so I never was going to get it. So I was always walking in condemnation because I didn't think I could get it. Confusion is of the devil. How many of you know that? How many's ever been confused? Yeah. See, that stuff goes after your brain. It goes after you. The devil doesn't want you walking in what you are and who you are. How I many you know that? You ain't going to bother him if you walk in condemnation and in sin and, oh, Jesus, help me and do this and help me do that. I'll tell you, one of the greatest things you can do is pray in the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because you're no longer praying for yourself for a change. I pray for 45 minutes. Lord, give me, 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 Lord, give me. Thank you, Lord. But you pray in the Holy Ghost, I guarantee you, you're probably not praying for you. Because you're taking care of that. Come on now. The Holy Ghost has got other people. You've got relation you need to pray for that you don't know how to pray. You've got people around you that you don't know how to pray for. So you're praying in the Holy Ghost. But now I've got to give my time 
He wants me to pray in the Holy Ghost. Pat, 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 pat. Wearing me out. Don't even know what I'm praying for. Yeah, well, he does. And he says he prays according to the will of God, where you're probably not anyway. Come on, do you follow me? We've got to start doing spiritual things to see spiritual results. You can't do things in the natural realm in order to receive it. We've got to do things in the spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. It says, but of him are you in Christ Jesus. How many of you are in Christ Jesus? Who God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. All right, well, I'm born again. Then who is my righteousness? Christ. Who is my wisdom? Christ. Who is my sanctification? Who is my redemption? Now, is this when I die and go to heaven? Is this at the second coming? Is it the new heavens and the new earth? Oh, it's right now, isn't it? All these things belong to me. I have his righteousness. It's not even mine. I'd rather have his. I'd rather have his sanctification than mine. I'd rather have his redemption than mine. I'd rather have his stuff because Jesus, as far as I know, Jesus and the Father got along pretty good. Jesus never said, oh, thou Father, please hear me. I'm so unworthy. Do something for me. No, Jesus just spoke to the Father. He says, Father, I, I know you always hear me. Why is that? Because he had peace with the Father. He had peace with God. He talked to God like that. He did that. Notice, we've been made righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And that is for now. Say now. Not later on. Not, not when you've been here 14 years. Not when you go to Bible college. Right now, all these things belong to us, but we walk around like we have none of these things, trying to obtain these things. We can't obtain them, so we give up on them, and we live the way that we've lived for 30 years. Well, there's a group of people rising up who's going to come out of that kind of mindset, and I'll tell you what, they're going to see the power of God on display like never before, because we were put here to take the place of Jesus Christ, who's now in heaven. We have the power of authority in his life to do the same works and greater works that he did here, but you're not going to do with that mindset of stupidity and unworthiness and no good. It's got to go. It's got to be taken out of us. It's got to go someplace. You can't be afraid of the devil and operate in the things of God. You can't be afraid of sin and operate in the things of God. Well, everybody's got to sin sometime. No, they don't. It says, let not sin have dominion over you. That's in the Bible. So we're not going to sin anymore. Why? We're righteous. We have Jesus' righteousness. He never sinned. We're never going to sin, praise God. So what's it say? All these things belong to us. We are in Christ. Say, I am in Christ. Christ. All right, go to Jude 24. after 1st John's and 2nd John's and 3rd John's and all those John's if you're looking for it. It's a, you don't spend much time there because it's only one chapter. That's why if you say Jude chapter 2, people really get confused. <laughs> Alright, Jude 24, what does it say? Now unto him, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. When? When is that possible? When has it been done? I thought when I died and went to heaven, then me and Jesus would hug and we'd be close together and I'd feel his presence and all this kind of stuff. And No, no, this is right now. What's it say he's going to do for you? Basically, he's going to keep you from falling. He's presenting you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding what? Now, why wouldn't somebody have joy? 
guilty, condemned. Don't think they're hiding from God. Remember when Adam hid, what did he hid? He sinned and he hid in the bushes. Most born-again people are still in the bushes. So you know what they try to do? They try to use a fig leaf to have a relationship with him and the fig leaf didn't work back then and the fig leaf don't work now. It's man's thing. It's not God's thing. All this stuff is of God. Your redemption's of God. He planned it. He did it. He performed it. Had really nothing to do with you. So you know it's got to be good. How many know God didn't mess up? He don't say, oh, I should have did that redemption better. Jeez, I don't know what I was thinking. No, it's all been provided. So here, and, and people come to church, and praise God. What can I praise him for today? Let's see. Well, my car got washed. It rained. Praise God for that. Uh, my TV's still working. Glory to God. No, how about for your sanctification? How about for my righteousness? How about for my holiness? How about for the power of God that he's placed on the inside of me? How about the change he's making in my life every single day, praise God? How about I'm a changed man, praise God, and every day I wake up, heaven go, hell goes, oh no, not him again, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now you got something to praise him for, don't you? You can't praise him, thank you for making me unworthy. Thank you for making me a worm. You're so holy, I'm so ugly, you're so great, I'm so bad. No, no, you've got reason to praise him. Let me tell you what, you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for you anymore. There's no guilt for you anymore, praise God. You're a child of the living God. You're a son of the living God. Well, I'm trying to be, quit trying to be and be. Are you trying to be a, a son to your father? No, you were born into the natural family. Now you've been born into the spiritual family, and you were born a son, and nothing you did made you a son. You were just born there, praise God. And God is now your father. Notice, if we're going to be half and half, then basically we have the devil as our father, and we have God as our father, because we're half and half, you know. And when we die, we got to go to hell for a little bit, probably a week, heaven for a week, back to hell for a week, back to heaven for a week, back to hell for a week. But yet that's the way we think. I don't know what we think is going to happen when we die as a sinner. And I think I'm a sinner. Where are you going to go, for God's sakes? Well, thank God for purgatory. That's at least an excuse to where you can hang on in the middle for a little bit till somebody prays you in. See, all that stuff, come on now. It's funny, but we believed it. We learned it. We hallelujahed for it. We thank God for it. We blessed the Lord for it. And all that stuff wasn't anything. Come on now. When you find out what he actually did for you on the cross, you're going to start getting excited yes, yes. about him. You're going to start be able to praise him for what he really did in your life. You're going to start meditating on his law day and night rather than 10 minutes in the morning and 5 at night before you go to bed. And, and what's happening? When we start meditating on it, we start seeing things different in here. How many know what you meditate on you see in here? It's in there, praise God. You see yourself. When God spoke to me and said I was going to be preaching, I preached to thousands before I ever opened the book and talked to one person. I saw myself preaching to people. I saw myself breaking bondage off people's minds. I thought I see darkness flying when I make a comment and, and kill another dead religious cow that they've been thinking about for years, praise God. I saw that happening even before I ever stood behind the pulpit and did it, praise God. But now I just see it really. Yeah. Yeah, so when people come up and say, you know, I came to church, and my God, I don't know what happened. I've been going to this other church for a long, long time, and I've been there for 10 years. I learned more here in 15 minutes than I learned in 10 years. Yeah, because you were preaching the wrong thing. Mind you, were getting preached what they knew at that time, and maybe it was good for you that time, but how many of you know, you can't stay in kindergarten forever. 
You can't just stay there and get your diaper changed, get cleaned up. It's time for you to grow up and start changing diapers. Come on. Come on, yeah, yeah. Well, I've been in the church for 30 years. Well, good for you. Praise God. I got all these books in my library. Probably read two of them. You're better off starting a bookstore, making a little money, praise God, while you're there. Yeah, that stuff doesn't do any good. How many know what it's sitting up there on the shelf for you? It may look good, but that's not the answer. The answer is if you're going to put a book out that God tells you to read, read the darn thing and make the change and move on to the next book and underline it and hyphen it and hide it and tear the page out if you want to and put it in your pocket and do whatever you need to do because God's growing people up now. He's done with the status quo. He's done with everybody staying on this level right here. But notice, it's a decision we have to make. He has to make. People say all the time, well, I wish I could just hear God and follow God. Well, he says, my sheep. Why don't you just say, thank God. I hear him all the time, and he tells me what to do. And God is finally speaking to you, but you're saying, I don't hear from God. God says, do something. I don't hear from God. Was that the devil or was that God? Was that God or was that the devil? People are so confused, and they've been in the church for 25 years. You've got to get in the Word of God and find out who you are and what's going on and what's taking place in your life, praise God, and what he did for you and what belongs to you. So notice, he presents us to the Father faultless. He presents us justified, just as if I never sinned. All right, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We've got to come to a point where we're done talking. Even done preaching. I'm done preaching this stuff if I ain't going to live it myself. See? Easy to preach it, tough to love it. Tough to live it. You can preach on love the whole time, but then how many of you know it's not so much fun when you get out in the world? Tell everybody else, you got to love, you got to love. And you get up in the morning and run into about three problems. And all at once you better turn on your own tape. You got to love, you got to love. But there's going to be a time when we understand that we are lovers and we have the love of God that's shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. And we're going to walk in that love that's on the inside of us. It's available to us, but it's not available if you don't know you don't have it. There's no belief in that. I wish God would give me more love. He's already given you his love. How much higher can we go? He's the best we got love-wise. He doesn't even have love. The Bible says he is love. Lord, give me more love. Lord, give me more love. Lord, no. Use the love you got, for God's sakes. Lord, help me to use what I got. Help me to walk in love. Help me to see things in love. Help me to see people in love. It's already on the inside of us. We've got to start taking advantage of what belongs to us that's written in this book, and you're going to see your life change, praise God. You'll never, ever have to think about finances again because when you start seeking first the kingdom and walking his righteousness, let me tell you, all these things, and let me tell you, when he says all, he means all. And it's just not a get by. It's a plenteous, magnificent, muchus. Praise God. You're going to get to a point where, what am I going to do with all this money? Praise God. Then you need to pray again, don't you? Yeah, that's what the kingdom of God is about. He don't want you worrying about you don't have enough, worrying about your bills, worrying about your rent. If you're doing that, you can't do what you're called here to do to begin with. Praise God. And I'm telling you what, if he hired you, he ought to pay for it. Is that right? He should pay for it, praise God. If I'm working in ministry and doing it, then he should pay for it. He should pay for this building. He should pay for the lights. He should pay for this. He should pay for that. And he should give me abundance, praise God. 
Who knows? Maybe we'll end up on radio sometime. Maybe we'll end up on TV sometime. Maybe we'll end, who knows where we'll end up before this is over with, praise God. And we'll have the money to do it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah. I mean, oh, he wants this gospel out. We're not begging him to get it out. He wants it out, praise God, to begin with. Oh, Lord, should I preach to the people? Well, does he want you to preach to the people? I wish I'd hear his voice. He said he'd speak to you. I know, but I wish I'd hear it. He said he would speak to you. But I want to hear his voice. Well, shut up then and hear his voice. See? And everybody loves the presence of God. I don't know why we're going this way, but we're going to go this way this morning. Everybody loves the presence of God. How many love the presence of God? All right. Now, the, the problem that I had when I came into the presence of God, I started going to revivals. I'd go up, get prayed for. I'd get touched, shake under the power, laugh for hours under the power, all this stuff under the power, shook, sweat, whatever else I had to do. I did it under power. But the problem was I started equating his presence to a feeling. So every time I got touched and got goosebumps, I was in the presence of God. But when Monday morning came, there were no goosebumps. There weren't even mosquito bumps. There wasn't even acne on Monday morning. Are you following? There was nothing there, praise God. And I thought, well, I've got to go, you know, find another revival. This weekend, we going back. We drove to Kentucky one time. And there's nothing wrong with being in revival. There's nothing wrong with being in revival, praise God. But you've got to understand that that's like that little, little uh, oriental girl at the mall <laughs> who has the little bites. She has little chicken bites for you to eat when you go by. You know why she wants you to eat those? So you come in and buy the whole thing. God touches you in revival so that you'll desire the whole. And revival isn't a feeling. Revival is an attitude. Revival is a a mindset that you're in to understand that you and God are together. You're walking together. You're talking together. There's nothing between you. There's something going on. So you don't need a goosebump to walk with God all day long. You certainly don't have to lay on the floor and roll around and laugh all day long. It's going to be hard to witness. But see, we've equated that with feeling God. Oh, I feel God. I feel the presence. I don't feel the presence sometimes, but I know he's there. And he's talking to me just like he was when I was laying on the floor. The only problem was I couldn't get up there and I'd keep walking here. Some of us need knocked down. (laughs) Some of us need knocked down because he can't stop us long enough to talk to us. So he knocks us on the floor and pins us there for a while. He says, you're going to listen, bless God, right now. I'm tired of that sourpuss. You're going to laugh whether you like it or not. How many know he has a sense of humor? The Bible said he sits in the heavens and laughs. Listen, everybody. I mean, I've laughed in the Holy Ghost. I can't imagine what his laugh sounds like. You know what? I mean, just goes blaring out. He's probably three times as loud as that, praise God, from the inside of you. So what's going on? The presence of God. You can live in the presence of God, but I mean, I live in the presence of my wife and I don't have goosebumps. Right. You know what I mean? And we're in the presence all the time, praise God. We sit down, we eat together, we talk, we do things together, but I don't have to goosebump to know that I'm in her presence, praise God. And it's the same way with God. When you get a mindset of who he is and how much he loves you and how much he cares for you, you just walk with him on a daily basis. And you walk up to somebody and you're playing basketball and somebody falls down and you say, Lord, what do you want me to do there? I'll go over and help him up. Okay, but he pushed me last time and I don't really want to do that, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> you pick him up. This one gets hurt and he says, no, he blocked my shot. I don't care if his ankle's broke. How <laughs> I many you know that's the way we think? But of course, we hear his voice. And we do exactly what God tells us to do every single time, praise God. Yeah, you'll hear from God, just believe you hear from God. 
Just let him talk to you. Just let him do it. Even in your prayer time, listen, in your own prayer time, he'll talk to you if you take a breath. Got my list. Oh, Lord, new car, new boat, new house. Give me this. Give me that. Pay my rent. Do this. Help me today. Lord, bless me today. Give me be holy righteous. Do your best to me today. I know I'm not worthy. I know I'm not supposed to get it, but praise God. Go ahead and do it. Do your best, Lord. Do your best for me today. Amen. Off to work I go. And God's gone. It's funny, but it's true. Yeah, yeah God, I used to have my whole list. Praise God. Started out about six things. Then it was a page. Then it was a book. Then it was everything else. And every day, same thing. Got to build that faith. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than I. No condemnation. No condemnation. No condemnation. But I didn't have any condemnation because I didn't have any condemnation. Do you see? I'm more than a conqueror because he made me more than a conqueror. Not because I believed my way into something he didn't want me to have. Hallelujah. It belongs to me. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. All right, where do we go? 2 Corinthians? Yeah. Chapter 5, look at verse 21. For he, talking about Jesus, has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Look at it again. For he has made him, Jesus, to be sin. Say, be sin. Be sin. Now notice, Jesus did not take your sins on the cross. He became your sins on the cross. That we might be made, say made. made. No, you were made the righteousness of God in him. Now is this after death? Is this when we die and go to heaven? I mean, if I'm an old sinner saved by grace down here and he promised me righteous, I must have to get it when I die and go to heaven because I'm certainly not righteous now because I'm an old sinner basically saved by grace at this point. And let me say this, if it requires death, for us to fulfill God's redemption, and death is of the devil, then God needed the devil to finish his redemptive plan by killing us so we could step into righteousness. Right? Right? I'm going to be righteous till I die and get to heaven. I'm not going to have peace till I die and get to heaven. And here along comes the devil. Let me kill you and bring you into those things. No. God doesn't need the devil's help. And this may be something. He doesn't need your help. He's already did everything. Here it says he made us to be righteous. So I was taught when I was born again, I was gone to heaven, hallelujah, but I still had the old nature in me. So I was basically born again. I had eternal life in me. I was going to heaven, but I was still a sinner at that time. So, so I was trying to live righteously, not knowing I was righteous, but I couldn't because I believed that I was a sinner. So I didn't know there was a change on the inside of me whatsoever because the sin nature could not come out of me. Now if the sin nature does not come out of us until we die, then the devil gets credit for making us righteous to begin with. Which we know he don't want us righteous, he wants us dead and out of here. So you see, we can't credit that stuff till after we die and go to heaven. And notice, I wasn't made righteous by my death, I was made righteous by his death. But we were taught when you die, then you get all this stuff. So I was going to acquire it by my own death. And Jesus did it all on the cross for each and every one of us, yet we want to try to pursue it to get it when there's no reason to try to get it because basically I am thoroughly convinced that I am a partaker of the divine nature of God on the inside of me right now. That God's nature is on the inside of me. God's eternal life's on the inside of me. God himself yes. is on the inside of me. God lives in me. 
He's not over here. He's not up there. He's in me, praise God, each and every day. Every place I go, he's there. Everything I do, he's there. So basically when I got born again, and look, 5, 17, 2 Corinthians 5, go back to 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become, and all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. So now, you've got to settle it here. Either I am a new creation, or I'm not an in creation. If I am a new creation, then I'm going to study the new creation and find out who the heck I am. If I'm not a new creation, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with my works trying to become one. And I'm going to live 60 years saved and do absolutely nothing for God and never acquire my new creation status because I can't do it through my own works again. Don't matter how many times you go to church, don't matter how much you pray, it is still not righteousness for you. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ paid for it once and for all. It belongs to each and every one of us. We have been made the righteousness of God in Christ the day that we got born again. Not after 20 years at TCVC, not after 10 years at TCVC. The day I got born again, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Praise God. And Notice old things passed away. We heard it in the song this morning. It's passed away. Failure, passed away. Unworthiness, passed away. Condemnation, no more, praise God. You can praise God for the positive and the negative. Thank God I'm not unworthy anymore. Thank God there's no condemnation in me anymore. Thank God I'm not a loser anymore. Thank God I'm not a sinner anymore. I'm a brand new creation with eternal life and God on the inside of me, praise God. Now this will, if you get any part of revelation of this at all, it'll deliver you from the sins you've been fighting for 5,642 years. I'm struggling. I'm still fighting rejection. Well, get over it. Praise God. It's the new creation doesn't deal with rejection, praise God. He knows that God loves him, and, and that's the main thing. How I many you know if God loves you, it's hard to be rejected, praise God? Yeah, but we want to claim him, see? Oh, he suffered with anger. Dad was angry. Mom was angry. Dog's angry. Fish, angry. And now I'm angry. And that's just the way it is. It's passed down from one generation to another generation. <laughs> Come on, have you heard any of this stuff? Even thought it? This is what we think. So I'm going to be angry, and boy, I'm going to make sure my kid's really angry. <laughs> Wait for my grandkids to come. Ooh, you're going to see an angry baby before it's over with. <laughs> no, we pass it down ourselves a lot of times. Come on now. It's what we believe. Well, I'll tell you what, in these families that live here, it's about time to sever that. About time to break that right now. Not going to live that way anymore. Not going to live dead. Not going to live in religion. Not going to live in down and out. Not going to live in condemnation. I'll tell you, if you're living in condemnation with religion, you'll teach your children. Uh -oh. Honey, get away from that clothes rack. Uh, Jesus ain't going to love you if you don't get away from that clothes rack. Some lady said that one time in Bells. I wanted to walk over and smack her. Wow. you imagine that? Well, here's this kid. He's got to get out of the clothes rack because Jesus is going to hate him if he doesn't get out of there. Based on what he does again. See, we're all religious minded. Religious minded on Christmas. They got me a gift. Quick, we got to run out and get one. Because if they got me one, I got to get them one. Why do you have to get them one? Because they got me one. Well, maybe they just wanted to give you one. Oh, we can't do that. And I got to make sure it's more expensive than the gift they gave me. All that religious stuff, don't you see? Well, my husband was mean to me, and until he brings me flowers, I hope he never brings you flowers. <laughs> if that's what it takes, come on. If that's what it takes for you to forgive him, then you need some deliverance, Amen. press God. Come on now. 
See, we always want something to make up for something, want something that's built into our mindset and into our thing. You know, Santa Claus, you better be good. Because Santa Claus is coming to town. And he's not going to bring you anything if you're naughty. So you better be nice. Well, God is not Santa Claus. No red suit. None of that stuff. God is God. God loves you today as much as he loved you yesterday. He, he loves you today if you make a mistake. He loves you just as much if you do or you don't. Praise God. That's what God is. God is unconditional love. Now, if we're going to believe that we're a person of love and do that, we're going to have to have unconditional love towards other people. You know, it's hard enough just to have conditional. <laughs> Isn't it? Unconditional. Are you kidding me? Uh, let me just be conditional for a little while without beating somebody up. And then we'll go to unconditional. See? Two different things again, aren't they? But all these things are possible to us because God has already provided them for us. The love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. And I have an opportunity now to walk in that love that was already there. Praise God. So we have to start seeing ourselves like God sees us. And we see him like he wants us to see him. God is a God of love. He is. He's a God of love. He loves everybody. He loves the people we don't, can't even hardly stand. He loves smart people, stupid people, ignorant people. See, he deals with spirits. He doesn't deal with fleshy things. That's why the whole world's stirring up all this flesh stuff to keep you there. Well, they're black and they're white and they're orange and they're this. My God, they're all spirits. Strip their outside off and you're going to see a spirit being on the inside. I don't know what color they are. And there's all one, praise God. But um, See? So they want to divide. Female, male, this, that. Transfer this over. They're all messing with people's identity. And the church's identity was already messed up. We don't need any more messes there, praise God. We need to come into a place where we start believing that we are more than conquerors, that we can do what he said we can do, that we have what he says we can have, praise God. It already belongs to us. And we are who he says we are, praise God. I'm a new creation, praise God, today. That's who I am. Whatever it takes you to start believing that, you need to do it. Whatever God shows you to do, to do it. Praise God, it was years ago. I talked about it before. I grew a mustache. Praise God. As soon as I got born again, I grew me a mustache. Why? I was different. And every time I looked in the mirror, how many know you look in the mirror pretty often? So in the morning when I got up, there was that new creation with the, with the half mustache and the other side not growing out. There it was. And I went to the bathroom, washed my hands. There he is again. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. I'd walk, go to work. Everybody'd look at me and say, "Nice mustache." <laughs> but how many know they were saying, "You're a new creation." <laughs> yeah. Everybody was picking on me. Everybody made fun of me. I looked in the mirror all the time, but every single time they did it, it convinced me that I'm a new creation. I'm different than I used to be before. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for making fun of my mustache. Praise God. And what was it doing? It was building that on the inside of me to a place to where I started to believe I was a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. That I could preach the word with power. I could preach the word with the anointing. I could break thoughts and memories off people's minds just by preaching the word without laying hands on them. Some of you know I take the word of God and cut stuff off you every single week. Praise God. Put my knife away for the week. Praise God. That's right, because he got some dumb thinking, praise God. He's given me a knife. The Word of God is alive. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. Yeah. You don't like it? Wear a helmet when you come in here, praise God. Yeah, that's what it's all about. That's what church is all about. 
It's not about just coming fellowships good, praise and worship's good, but the Word of God tearing stuff off of your mind and helping you to grow. I told you, you need to take these scriptures home and you need to eat them. Every single day, thank you that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you that there's no condemnation for me. Praise God. Thank you that I'm more than a conqueror. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. And at once you'll start raising up on the inside. You know, when you do something good, how you move up on the inside. That's what the word of God's there for. It's to build you up, praise God, and bring you into a place of identity that God has for each and every one of us. Well, we didn't get very far today, but that's as far as we're gone today. Praise God. We'll be here next, we'll be here next week. Praise God. No problem. All right. Hallelujah. the king.